Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rachel Abbott and this is The Leader. Today we're giving you some bonus content taken from our business show, How to Be a CEO. It's an opportunity to hear from the most powerful people behind some of the world's biggest brands. This is actually a cut down version of the full episode. To hear the full thing, you'll need to hit the link in the show notes. Find a new episode of How to Be a CEO every Monday morning. And why not give it a rate, review and follow whilst you're there. Now, let's begin. Formula E is set to electrify the streets of London. All five lights are on. Racy trying to go around the outside of Nick De Vries. Can't quite pull it off. Three wide further back. Tom Blomka is getting fed out into the wall. And there is, it was Cassidy and uh, Jake Dennis. And Dennis has now tapped the back of Antonio Felix da Costa. The two Audis are going side by side. Rene Rast on the outside of the drop down. Formula E. Motorsport, but not as you know it. Electric cars tearing through city streets at up to 174 miles per hour. A 21st century spectacular drawing in passionate crowds. You go to Mexico, you get 40,000, 50,000 people. You go to Indonesia, you go to places, you know, like London here, for example, but like Rome, we get like over 10 million people watching the race live on TV every time. Alejandro Agag is the founder and chairman of Formula E, a racing tournament that pushes electric vehicle tech to its limits and is coming into its own just as the world is looking for energy alternatives. Mercedes, for example, decided to stop. I call them and I say that they're having the last uh, combustion party because combustion is going to be banned. I'm David Marsden from The Evening Standard, and this is how to be a CEO. If I would have known many of the things I learned on the way, I might have not done it. When you did start Formula E, I mean, I guess, was the ambition to make it as big as Formula One? You know, we, we always thought Formula E and Formula One were compatible championships, and, and, and they are compatible championships. And uh, of course, Formula One has a history that Formula E can never achieve because we were not there in 1950, and they were. Um, so it's not really comparable, and, and, and the aim is not necessarily to be as big as Formula One. The aim is to be big. And then let's see what the future holds, no? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we are big fans of Formula One. Uh, I'm personally a very big fan of Formula One. And uh, Formula One is doing great. I mean, you know, the, the, the motorsport Formula One is doing great. We're all on the same boat. You know, we compete against golf, we compete against tennis. But motorsport, it's kind of a, a one big uh, sport that, that, you know, if Formula One does well, we also do well. But I'd imagine it'd probably be similar kinds of uh, people going to them. But it is, a, it's, it is a different thing, in particular, the cars themselves, of course. They are electric vehicles. You know, you're talking about Formula One going back to the 1950s, and the cars there, the innovations there, end up on the roads for the consumers as well. Is there a similar path for EVs being used in Formula E? 
Absolutely, and even bigger uh, now in EVs because of the uh, stage of development of the technology. You know, EVs are at an early stage still of, of development of technology, and they can get very quickly a lot of learnings from competition. One very quick uh, learning that you can transfer from the race to the road car is uh, the software that is used to control the systems, to control the battery, the energy flow, all the uh, cooling. Cooling is hugely important for electric cars. And racing has the most advanced cooling uh, of all, so you can transfer also those uh, lessons. Battery technology, of course, efficiency of powertrain, and so on and so forth. So, so really, there's a lot of things that can be transferred from the racing to the, to the road cars, which was the case always also with uh, combustion, with Formula One and with other uh, championships. I mean, you know, even the rearview mirror comes from a race in Indianapolis. And now every car in the world has a rearview mirror, you know, something as simple as that. I didn't know that, actually. <laughs> Um, that people talk about the uh, environmentally friendly nature of an electric vehicle, but Alejandro, is an electric vehicle actually environmentally friendly? Is it a perfect solution? 100%. And, uh, you know, there is a lot of people who want to mislead and want to confuse things uh, because they are enemies of the electric cars for one reason or another. They immediately say, oh, yeah, but the batteries also pollute, so let's stay with gasoline. One simple fact, even if you get the energy from the grid, from the normal mix, which includes coal. Even if you were to get all your, enemy, all your energy from coal, imagine, okay? The efficiency of the combustion engine, it's around 20%. All the rest, what, what happens in your car, in your engine, you only use 20% of the energy that you get from the fuel to move your tires forward. 80% is lost uh, in heat, in noise, in different things. The efficiency of a coal power station it's about 90%. So all that energy is transformed into electricity that you charge your car with, and the efficiency of the electric car engine is 90%. Right. So only because of that, we are four, electric cars are four times more sustainable. Even if you produce the energy with, with coal or with fuel, if you produce the energy with solar, you are infinite times more environmentally friendly. Of course, the batteries have problems. Of course, nothing is perfect, but... There is no comparison how much more environmentally friendly electric cars are. And on top of it, they don't produce uh, toxic particles, which are the ones that the NOx, that are the ones that, that uh, produce all the really ugly contamination in cities that produces huge, massive um, health problems for the population. So, of course, to pollute is bad, but it's much better to pollute in the middle of nowhere than in the middle of a city where people are. Definitely true. Um, you, you talked about the, the batteries there a couple of times and, and the sort of issues around those. I understand that you have another startup which is looking at solutions to that issue of, of recycling batteries, is that right? Yeah, Gigamine, uh, that is looking at recycling the batteries uh, you know, the recycling of batteries is going to be a, a very big part of the, of the equation. Batteries are still not coming back in a massive way because electric cars are being really developed and really adopted in, in these years. These years were really, this year we're seeing a real inflection point on the number of sales of electric cars. And these batteries last for a long time. You know, the, the car will use its battery for 20 years, 25 years, 30 years. So we will see a lot of these batteries coming back to be recycled maybe in 15 or 20 years, the first batch, let's say. But these batteries can have a second life when they lose the level of uh, efficiency or the level of performance they need for a car. 
After that second life, you may want to recycle them. But, you know, we are looking at technologies that can recycle up to 99% of all the materials that are in a battery. And uh, one of the main uh, challenges, uh, if we want to keep up with the production of electric cars and the projections, is going to be the supply of these raw materials that you need for them. Copper, lithium, nickel, and so on and so forth. Uh, recycling is going to be a key part of getting back some of those uh, of those materials. I need a battery recharge myself, so let's take a break. While the ads are on, why not give yourself a speed challenge? How fast can you rate, review and follow this podcast? Quicker than a commercial break? Let's find out. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. Were you expecting to be at this level where you are right now from when it started? For me, the expectation was only to be alive. So, of course, we are a lot <laughs> better than what I expected um, when we started, a lot better. It's grown fantastically well. You know, it, 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 it's, it's really gathered a huge awareness, especially in. in uh, well, in many countries, but you know, you go to Mexico, you get 40,000, 50,000 people. You go to Indonesia, we get like over 10 million people watching the race live on TV every time. You go to places, you know, like London here, for example, but like Rome, you get huge crowds. So it's really getting awareness, which wasn't easy in the beginning because people are like, oh, these cars don't make noise. So on that sense, uh, it's, it's going really well. We got a lot of car manufacturers in. Some left, some came back in. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, movement in the grid, but, you know, it's, it's, it's really... I mean, it's incredible brands. We just got Maserati and McLaren to sign up for the championship next season. I guess for you, given the trials and the tribulations of just getting this thing off the ground, having those names, those brands involved with you must be really vindicating for your idea. Very much. It's a, like a confirmation, you know? And uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's... it's uh, yeah, I, I mean, I never thought that McLaren, for example, would come into a championship like this, no? But, but they have which is also a sign of how things are changing in general um, in the world. Some others have left, like Mercedes, for example, decided to stop. I call them, I'm very good friends with Toto Wolf, with the, the team principal of Mercedes, and I say, I told them that they're having the last uh, combustion party. You know, <laughs> because combustion is going to be banned, you know, so it's a finish. Combustion is going to finish, it's going to be banned in 2030 and 2035. Yeah. And the example is like, imagine you like wine, and they tell you, in 2030, you cannot drink more wine. Then you start drinking a lot of wine now. You know, that's, what <laughs> that's what they're doing. 
I think they're, they're racing as much as they can with gasoline until they cannot race anymore with gasoline, and then they will come back. Yeah, I, I, I guess when that comes in, you know, various countries over the world are doing this. That's going to be it's, it's a good thing for Formula E, isn't it? <laughs> of course, because we are not going to be banned. <laughs> <laughs> That was Alejandro again. If you're interested in electric vehicles and how they could shape the future, check out the Evening Standards Plug It In campaign, where you can find out how EVs are shaping the future and guides on which one might be best for you. Search Evening Standard, plug it in.